This week will be indeed Holy Sunday, of course, next Sunday with Easter, sunrise, Monday, Thursday service, here today with Palm Sunday, also the celebration that we have here with the children in the procession, such a beautiful so expression of faith across the Christian world, um, where my daughter is in Kuwait and all the other places today, they're doing the palms. It's a celebration of Jesus entering into Jerusalem. As the children have already expressed in the children's time uh, that Jesus came into Jerusalem and he was riding on a donkey and we've heard that scripture and we come in the celebration of this historic event. And that's the first part of our lesson today is prophecy. Our faith is not based on an idea. Our faith is not based on some myth Our faith is not based on some teaching from ancient days. Our faith is based on fact, F-A-C-T, fact. And that fact is rooted in the prophecy that has been fulfilled that Jesus is the Christ. We know from the Old Testament that it is said the Messiah will come into Jerusalem in such a way, humbly and meekly. Jesus fulfilled that. When I was a young kid, um, I always thought it was quite a sight, you know, to think of Jesus riding in in such a humble state. Now, of course, the palms represent uh, the entrance of a king. It's a historical fact. When a king or ruler in the ancient world entered into a city, they would spread their cloaks and they would spread palm as celebration of victory, usually for a commander, a general, When he had defeated another army, they would spread the palm. So when they did this for Jesus, the crowd that day is showing him that he is the one, the chosen one. And everybody in Jerusalem is aware something is happening because this massive crowd has gathered for this entry. And Jesus comes in and he's fulfilling the prophecy. So when you deal with these non-believers out there, and there's a lot of them in this world right now. In fact, a statistic said just the other day, there are more nons, N-O-N-E-S. These are people who do not believe in a God. There are more nons in America now than there are Protestants and Catholics combined. So that means that we're a minority now, and I like that. I like a little challenge, you know. Sometimes we need a challenge, and we have one. So these nons don't believe, in fact. They think that Christians just made this up. We didn't make this up. We got history. We got facts. I have seen inscribed on a a stone in Caesarea in the Holy Land the name Pontius Pilate, the governor that we talk about in our Apostles' Creed every Sunday. We have witnessed history and all the history of our church and the prophecy that's been fulfilled. So our faith is based on fact. Now, people say, well, you're free to believe whatever you want to. That's true. But you also got to look at the facts of things. See, we're not just here to be here. We're not just here to be doing what we do. It's not just because our parents did it and their parents before them. We're not here because of habit. We're here because of faith. See, facts have brought us together, and I like a faith that's based on facts. I like a faith that I can say, you know, this is real. This isn't just my opinion. This isn't just my idea. So when the prophecies were fulfilled by Jesus, it was to edify. It was to make sure people realize this is him. This is the man, the one that all the ancients talked about, that God gave the vision. Jesus is the one. 
And Jesus goes in that day and he's fulfilling the prophecy. And as a kid, I would laugh because he would ride in in such a humble state while the crowd was so eager and so happy. Now, of course, we know that the crowd would soon turn and they would soon be the ones that would call for his crucifixion for they feel like he wasn't the savior they were looking for. But we'll talk about that another day. Today, we're going to look at what they did do that day. It's easy to pick out the faults in people and say this is what they did wrong here, here, and here. But let's look at what the people did that day that was right. Now, I just said right, learning how to say right properly from the Outer Banks of North Carolina. They have that high tighter way of saying it is right. Right. This is the right way. And the right way is based on the promise. And the promise is that Jesus said, I'm going to come and I'm going to enter in. And they are quoting Psalm 118 that we read, our, just our call to worship. They're talking about the blessing the king brings. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. See, they are quoting. They're actually singing. So praise is made up of singing. And I, and I love this church. This is a singing church. Notice there's no G on my singing. It's singing, S-I-N-G-I-N, singing. Isn't that right? I believe I'm right about that. Miss Kathy, I always look at her. She was my English teacher. She keeps me straight. She's probably saying I should have held that boy to a higher standard. You know. Now, I love our choir and the way they sing. They sing so good. We got some singing people here in this church. And I think we got more people that can sing that I think will break out and start singing one day. I look forward to it. See, the Lord loves good singing. He loves people to celebrate, to have fun. He loves church meals. Yes, he does. He really does. And over in that building right there, there's a bowl of butter beans over there waiting for the preacher and whoever else wants to get over there. So I know some of you, your stomachs are starting to rumble and you're, see, eating, eating, e. A-T-I-N. There's no G on eating either. Uh, eating. Time to eat. Eating. Now, I made a challenge to this church a while back. Nobody took me up on it, but I still want a dinner bell installed in this church. We need one desperately bad, but so we can let people know, because Mr. Johnny's cows are always wanting to know when it's time to eat down there. See, see celebration of the promise is that we enjoy each other. Weren't, weren't you, I was so filled with pride and with love when I saw these young people standing up for Jesus and they know exactly what they did. They weren't here because just their parents said, do you need to be there? Our young people were here because they were ready to make a stand for Jesus. We talked about that. We talked about the levels of faith and how do we grow in faith and they learn what it means to be a believer in this day and age. So when they deal with people who are not believers, they can say, you know, our faith is based on fact. This is real. Jesus really existed. And his existence is why I'm here, because I believe in him. He is the fulfillment of the promise, not just the prophecy, but the promise, because Jesus said, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you as you live your life. So we're not alone in this life we live. Oh, that's, that's one of the great lies of the devil. He'll tell us that every day if we'll listen to him. Nothing sadder than a person who believes they're alone. I know at times we feel alone. I know at times we, we think we're alone. I know at times that we struggle because we don't hear that voice or we don't feel that presence. But I want you to know we are not alone. 
We are not alone in this lonely place we live, this world and this part of the universe, this galaxy. We're not alone. I was reading the other day, the scientists, they still looking for extraterrestrial life. All they have to do to go to Walmart and they'll see it. It's just right over there. <laughs> they even see some aliens over there, believe me. Oh my Lord. Have, uh, I told Leona that and she said, I'm getting to be cantankerous and old and hateful and I said, people aren't as pretty as they used to be. Maybe my eyes have gotten bad, but they just aren't as pretty as they used to be. And that's how I said pretty. That's not high tider. That's, uh, that's swampland talk down near Brunswick and Horry County, South Carolina. I picked that up too. See, I pick up accents wherever I go. We all pick up things in life wherever we go. And the truth is we're not alone. We, we have a story and we're part of a greater story. And our story is part of God's story. And God has written us into his story. And he wants us to be a part of this story of salvation. He doesn't understand why this world's so mixed up like it is right now. We got people that are really confused. These nuns, not, not like a nun, but these N-O-N-E-S people, they're very confused people. Somebody needs to set them aside and say, okay, here's, here's the deal. Uh, there is a God. Uh, and God expects you to love, and God's tired of you being a hateful person and hating everybody, including yourself, and it's time you grow up a little bit. That's, that's what we need to tell these nuns. We need to tell them that how, how can you spend your whole life believing in nothing? Because if you believe in nothing, guess what you're going to get? Nothing. <laughs> Uh, that's Occam's razor. The simplest answer is the best answer. If you believe in nothing, you will receive nothing. But if you believe in life eternal, if you believe in hope, if you believe, these, these young people understood it. There's no confusion to them. When we talked about it, they understand what it means to believe and that belief, it plays out in life and we come to see and claim that. See, blessed is Jesus. And Jesus loves when people acknowledge that he is Savior. When he enters into our life, we spread the palm branches of victory. We spread the cloaks of humility, and we accept him as our personal Lord and Savior. And when we do that, everything falls into the proper order. If we don't put Jesus first, everything else is messed up. We end up being a Kardashian faith. I love to pick on the Kardashians. Maybe one day they'll hear my, you know, just my podcast that Brad puts up. I listened to my sermon last Sunday. I want you to know I listened to it twice this week. And it, it is one of the best sermons I've ever preached. I tell you the truth. I listened to it. I waited it. I listened to the parts and I listened to the timing. Uh, when you get home, check out that sermon. It only had three listens and I was two of them. <laughs> Pastor Terry had more listens to me the other day, you know, when, when, when he was here. I, I want y'all to listen to that sermon. Get my, get my listens up there a little bit. Push them on up there so I'll start to get viral and, and people start to say, well, this preacher got something to say. Because I, I don't want just y'all to enjoy this. I mean, it was a good sermon. It was, um, it was the one about predicting, you know, Virginia was going to win the championship where I was prophesying and, and how it would happen. And it happened exactly like I said, not that I would know. But the Holy Spirit does enter into the person on occasion and gives us guidance and prophecy and promise they are fulfilled. See, in other words, God is working on us. Now, when I was a young preacher when I preached, everything was organized, it was all structured. 
course, I was earning degrees and I had to write things and people had to judge them and grade them. I've been told, you know, my sermons now ramble. I'm a rambler, you know. I'm not a rambler, am I? Uh, John, I'm not a rambler, am I? Uh, John, don't, don't, don't you shake your head, yes. <laughs> you won't get any butter beans. Um, yeah, I may be ramble, but I, I'm, I'm getting that way now. I just break out into a story that makes no sense and it'll circle back around. And, but understand, it's not about me. It's not even about you. It's about Jesus. So those people that day, they, they came there thinking, what could Jesus do for me? You know, he's going to come and he's going to take care of Rome and he's going to bless me like he blessed all these people he's healed because they heard about it and they thought that this truly was going to be the moment that the Old Testament prophecies would be fulfilled and that the, the, the lineage of David would retake the kingdom and that Israel would be reestablished and they had all this promise in their own mind of how they wanted God to act. But guess what? God doesn't act the way we want him to act. God acts the way God wants to act. He's God. God and we're not. So on this day, they're saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And what they don't realize is he's about to bring them what they really need instead of what they think they need. They don't need an ounce of gold. Oh, you know, an ounce of gold's worth a lot of money. Now, who knows what the current ounce of gold is worth? What's it worth? Like $1,200? Is that right? I don't know. I don't keep up with the gold market. Anybody know? Anybody have an idea? Gold's worth a lot of money. Which one weighs more, a pound of gold or a pound of feathers? They both weigh the same, they're a pound. My Lord, have mercy. Which one would you so rather have? Give me the gold, you know. We can do something. We can build an extra wing on that building over there. I was saying, I was, uh, uh, I, I was, I was saying this morning that my office used to be the kitchen of this uh, church. Isn't that right? I still smell fried chicken in there on occasion, you know. How, how did y'all cook in that little kitchen? I heard y'all had awesome meals. Well, you have them now, but we have a whole building, and we're going to redo that building even more and make it even better. And we need to do that. That's no question if. We're going to do it because we need that. And we need that celebration. We need that promise to be fulfilled that we need to come together and enjoy our time together because I can tell you that time passes by faster. And we won't always have that time. So we need to take this moment as a day of salvation, this moment as a moment, and say this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. But then, of course, what happens whenever there's praise is there's murmur. It just happens. No matter if you're a winner, no matter if you're number one, there's always somebody somewhere who just wants to say something that's not in the spirit of praise. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. Well, at least they were there. And that's a positive. At least they were there. <laughs> and... They're trying to tell Jesus what to do. They're saying, Jesus, you need to do this. See, we're the authorities. We're the people who know. And who do you think you are? So you tell them to stop because they're singing too much. They're too happy, you know. And nothing disappoints a person like that more than a happy person. My heart's going to keep on singing. I'm going to carry on. 
Because someday I'm going to see my Jesus. He's going to take me home. I got every reason in the world not to be happy. Oh, I've got a loving wife and loving children and a, and a wonderful family and a wonderful church family and I'm a man who's blessed. I'll be a little less blessed the more after I file my taxes. I had to bring it up. But I'm a render to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. But I'm rendering to God what belongs to God. I should be a happy man, and I am. For happiness is the realization what Jesus said here. I tell you, if these were silent, if our disciples are silent, by the way, we got to start making more noise. These nuns are making a lot of noise out there. They're having us believe everybody's turned bad. Everybody's no good. They're having us believe this, and I don't buy it. If that's the case, this nation wouldn't still exist. Every day, we have people that toe the line. They go to work. They're the police force. They're the army. They're the military. They're the teachers. They're the medical personnel. They're all the workers. They're the ones building this nation. And it's time that we start talking about these things instead of these other things which we are not. This nation earned its salvation and its righteousness because it paid the price in blood for the freedom it offers to the world. See, we have a lot more to be happy about than we do to be sad about. And Jesus said, I tell you, if they were silent, these stones would shout out. Now, me and my father used to have this discussion when I was little and younger, and he believed that the nature of faith was a personal nature. It was about a personal decision. And I said, yes, it is, Father, but it's more than that. It's the very earth we live upon and the heavens we're a part of. They're part of God's creation. In other words, the whole universe is shouting and singing. And we're just so deaf we cannot hear it. We're just blind we cannot see it. We don't know how beautiful it is. And, and I think it's something to do with our culture, not seeing and realizing what God has made. And it's a wonderful creation. And every morning when the sun comes up, we should celebrate the day that God has made. And the word is so powerful. He says that the stones will shout out, let heaven and nature sing. Isn't that what the hymn says? And I had that discussion yesterday with Leona that, that the very earth is singing out. There's some scientists over in one of the European countries that are studying plants, you know, and they're saying that plants have emotions, that you should talk to your plants. I haven't done that. I don't really have a plant. Do any of y'all talk to your plants? Do you like say, how you doing? It's good to see you. How, how's everything going? In fact, in their study, they said that if you even think about, you know, tearing them out of the ground, the plant will start to shudder. And they don't understand how to plant. They have sensors on the plant. And it said in the study, now these are Swedish type people. We don't really know how they, I don't, I don't know. It don't make sense to me. It's not common sense to me. I mean, a plant, my Lord have mercy. I, I don't know what they're talking about. But I do know that God made the heavens and the earth. And I don't think it's the plant has emotions. I think God's spirit is present all around us and we just do not see it. God is in the light that shines and the day that comes He's even in the thunder that roars and the winds that blow. That's Old Testament. God 
is all around us. And His creation is unfolding before us. And don't you know that He's making possible things we thought were impossible? He's giving us choices when the world is taking them away. And that's what the world loves to do is take away our choices and start to tell us what to do like these Pharisees were telling Jesus. But Jesus said, no, it's not going to work that way. The reason is you're not the boss. You're not in charge. We got a lot of people up there and you know, Washington and other places, they think they're in charge and nothing is as silly as a person walking around like their Lord former Roy and they're in charge. Nothing just aggravates me more than a person thinking they're in charge. God's in charge. God is the one that's giving us what we need in our life. God is providing what we need. Every day it's possible because of God. And I guarantee you, you can never outgive God. You give to God and God will bless you back multiple ways and multiple times and places with people. You are faithful and you will be blessed. The, the tree will produce the fruit. And we saw that today with our young people. You parents have, you parents have um, my Lord, children cost a lot of money. Don't they cost a lot of money? And we get hardly no tax break for these little children. And they may end up taking that away for too long, claiming they're not a break. Well, I'll, I'll keep paying for them. I have a feeling I'm going to pay more because they seem to cost more the older they get. Do you know? What is going on with that? See, we cost more to God the older we get. God has to pay the ultimate price in his son Jesus. And that's the day that the people praised him, not knowing the real reason why. And the reason it occurred on Easter morning, when the hopes and the dreams they thought were gone and the one they felt was the one they were told by a cross he was not the one, ended up being not only the one, but God incarnate himself as he rose from the grave. Let us pray. Dear Lord, bless us this wonderful Palm Sunday that we praise you. Let us be the ones that find joy in our hearts knowing that you are entering into our life. And Lord, let us know you have fulfilled the prophecy, you've given the promise, and we praise you. Be with our church. Let it continue to prosper and grow. Be with each and every family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Our final hymn is 277, Tell Me the Stories of Jesus.